May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Perhaps you can imagine him, imagine him standing in the courtyard. It's late at night. He's all by himself. It's dark. Rumor has it that the, um, the leaders of the, the Jewish people have been cohorting with the Romans to have Jesus arrested for treason. Um, he had been talking about this kingdom of God, and maybe they, maybe they used that as a way to kind of get the Romans in on this uh, thing. You know, the Romans could take care of, of matters a lot easier. And his friends all scattered when he was arrested. And why wouldn't they? I mean, the Romans are the police. You know, they have weapons. They're, they're brutal. Um, the chief priests run the, the religious police. They could also bring about quite a bit of pain. And so Jesus' friends all are gone. They've all scattered. And if you were one of his friends at that time, you would have scattered too. I mean, this is not the time to wear your WWJD bracelet, right? This is the time to get out of here, get going, move along. You know, nobody wants to be identified with Jesus. A week ago, he had thousands of, of followers and, and hundreds of would-be disciples and a group of 12 people who'd follow him. But on the night of his arrest, they're all gone. They're, they've all fled. Not too many people hung out in the courtyard of the high priest the night that Jesus was arrested. They didn't want to be identified with him. You remember the story about him first being arrested in the grove of trees and how Simon Peter, this fisherman who was a friend of Jesus, pulled out a sword. Fishermen, you know, they're not known for wielding swords. And, and so he swings at, at, at one of the arresting officers, a fellow called Malchus, and misses I think he wants to take off his entire head. He misses it. He, he catches, catches him by the ear and, and cuts off the ear. Um, I, I, Peter is no Peter Pan. Right? He's, he's, a, he's a fisherman who, who has this weapon and he's, he's going to try to fight. But something really weird happens in that moment. Jesus turns and instead of, of in, inviting his friends to, you know, to, to go to battle, he, he reprimands Simon Peter. And he heals the, the officer puts out his, his hands and says, here, take me. I imagine his friends probably thought this is a strange thing to do. I mean, their chances of getting away in, in the grove of trees at night are far better than what's going to happen when he gets down to the high priest's office, you know, judge, jury, executioner, all that. And th- this is not going to go well for you. And so the men did what they had to. They, they had two choices. They could either be arrested with him or they could flee. And so they fled, every one of them. But Simon Peter hung around. He was in the shadows. He followed along. He didn't come out where anybody could see him, but he wanted to see. I, I think he might have thought, let's see if there's an opportunity to spring Jesus. You know, well, I imagine Simon Peter, a big uh, burly fellow. He's the one who pulls the, the net of 153 fish in by himself, so he must have been a pretty strong guy. And maybe he's thinking to himself, opportunity comes along, I'll, I'll help him escape. And so he sort of hangs out in the, uh, in the shadows. And then you remember what happens next. The story, this, some young girl sees him and says, hey, hey, you were with that Jesus fellow, weren't you? And, no, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know the man. I'm just, you, you have me confused, right? And, and then someone else says, you know, no, I know I've seen you. I have seen you with Jesus. And Peter says something perhaps like, um, 
oh, I get that a lot. You know, um, I, I look like one of the guys that hangs around. But no, I, I don't know the man. I, I've never met Jesus. I don't know who he is. And then a third time, someone says to him, no, surely you were one of them. You were with him. I know I've seen you with him. And this time, Peter gets angry. And he says, heck no. Or something there like that, right? <laughs> he said, no, no, I don't, I've never met the man. I, I, I don't know who you're talking about. Drops a few um, salty words and, uh, and, and proves he's not one of Jesus' friends. That's the kind of friend he is. The one who kind of hangs close and watches, wants to fight for him, but when push comes to shove, he's going to protect himself. I feel for Simon Peter. I, I do. I, if you're familiar with the story at all, you, you, you feel the tension, don't you? you? I mean, he's the one who's hanging around in the shadows while everybody else is running away. He knows what it's... He wants to be close to Jesus. He wants to show his friendship, his loyalty. But he doesn't want to die either. He doesn't want to get, you know, Jesus' same fate. He knows what these Romans are like. They're, they don't play around. This guy left everything, Simon Peter did. He, he gave up his fishing business, went off, followed Jesus for three years. And then this evening, when, he, when Jesus is arrested, he blows it. I mean, he blows it badly, doesn't he? He, he had a chance. He had, he had three chances. He had three chances to say, you're right. I was with him. And each time, I never met the man. Just before, the night before Jesus was arrested, this same fellow Simon said, I'll tell you what, Jesus, if everybody else leaves you, I won't. I'll be the last one here. I'll turn the lights off on the way out the door. I'll be the last one standing. And then he doesn't. Who needs friends like that? And then today, we have post-resurrection scene, right? We have this long lesson um, about uh, this, uh, you know, several days after the resurrection. Jesus has already appeared twice to his disciples. Peter has already seen Jesus resurrected. He knows that Jesus is alive. But in his memory, he also knows what he's done. Um, I like the beginning of this lesson. It's a, it's a little short kind of throwaway line that kind of slips by pretty easily. Maybe you missed it. Peter says, I'm going fishing. <laughs> I'm going fishing. Uh, you know, well, of course, he's a fisherman, right? That's what fishermen do. They, they, but he hasn't been fishing. He hasn't been in a commercial industry. I'm going fishing. I'm going back to what I know. I'm going to do what I used to do. I'm going back to my BC days, right? I, I, I'm going back to that old guy that used to fish for a living. I think there's a, a bit of resignation in that, a, a little disappointment. And they're out all night and they catch nothing. And I imagine Peter thinks to himself, of, of, of course we caught nothing. And, and, and morning breaks and, and as they're kind of coming in, you know, they're not, they're not quite all the way in. There's this fellow walking along the shore and he yells out, you know, something like, hey, did y'all catch anything? No, 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 no good luck tonight. It's all bad luck. And the fellow shouts back, well, well, toss your net on the lucky side. Did you know that in the ancient world, the, the starboard side of the boat was considered the lucky side? So throw your, throw your nets out on the lucky side. Something I'm sure they had already tried earlier in the evening, but you know how it is, you know? Like somebody says, oh, you know, like 
a little bit of good luck here. This, this might be what you need. And one last try. So they throw the nets in and wow, so many fish in that net. They can't even pull it into the boat. And John, John says, you know what? That's the Lord. I recognize him. And Peter jumps out of the boat and he runs. You know, he doesn't even wait for the boat to, 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 to moor into the... He, he jumps out, runs to Jesus. What do you imagine that scene was like, you know? Imagine it was warm and friendly, but also a little awkward, don't you? A, a, a little, yeah, I remember what you did, sort of stuff. Or at least I remember what I did. And Jesus invites him to breakfast. And then, I think, takes a little walk. It, John doesn't say it. I think he just forgot to write it down. That they take a little walk down the shore. You think John forgot? He, they, they just walk down the shore a little bit. Jesus and Peter. Jesus is speaking to him, and he, he, um, he says to him this question, Simon, do you love me more than these? And that's a troublesome question to me. And there's a lot of parts in this little section of John's gospel that are, that are thorny for an interpreter. Um, the preacher has a difficult time with this. Um, do you love me more than these? And the these is ambiguous. It, it, I get in a lot of trouble with this writing a dissertation. My, my, um, my advisor used to always say, those what, Joe? Oh, those persons. <laughs> you know, or those, uh, you know, have to keep writing that stuff down. Do you love me more than these? These what? These other men, perhaps? Do you love me more than these other men? Do you love me? Or do you love me more than these boats and nets? Do you love me more than your old career? I mean, both would work, right? I think it's the former. Do you love me more than these men? Because what was the last thing Peter said to Jesus? If everybody else... Please, have everybody else abandoned you? Not this one. I think Jesus' his question is a little bit of a, of a poke. It's, it's ironic, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a little painful, perhaps, even. So tell me, do you love me more than everyone else? Really? Lord, you know. You know that I love you, he says. Simon, son of John. <laughs> he kept saying this over and over. Simon, son of John. Um, I told Abby as I was looking at this, I, I, I think Simon Johnson. <laughs> this is his name. He's calling him Simon Johnson. Um, Simon, son of John. He doesn't call him Peter, the name that Jesus himself had given to Simon. He doesn't even call him Simon Peter. He calls him Simon, son of John. See, this is the name that he's had all his life. It's the name his parents gave him. You know, it's the name that um, that the kids used when they wanted to pick a, a kickball partner. You know what? I want Simon Johnson, that big burly fellow over there. He can kick the ball a mile, you know. It's the name the teachers used when he would beat up little kids called Joe. Or um, he would, uh, you know, pull the girls' pigtails. Um, Simon Johnson, you get up here right now, you know. This is the name that Jesus uses. Simon, son of John, do you love me? You know I love you, Lord. Simon, son of John, do you love me? You know I love you. 
Simon, son of John, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Why three questions? Perhaps one for each denial. I never knew him. I don't know who he is. I never knew him. You have me confused. I never met the man. I think that's grace. I think that's mercy. I think that's Christ giving Peter a chance to undo some of the things that he's done. A chance to unburden that load that he's carrying on his mind. And, and a lot of people make a bit of the different words. You know, um, in, in John's Greek, Jesus asked Simon a question. Uh, Simon, son of John, do you agapao me? Do you, do you love me? And Simon responds, not using the same word. He uses a different word, phileo. It's a, a word for which we um, get um, like Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. But both words are, are legitimate, and, and I, you could, we could get into a big deal about that. I, I don't really want to go there. I think, um, I think Peter is saying, I love you. I love you with all, and I, I love you like a brother. You're my friend. Of course I love you. In the end, he says, you know everything. And here's an interesting little linguistic twist. He says, you know everything, and he uses the word for sort of scientific knowledge, like, you know, we know that water is wet, you know, that sort of knowledge. And then he switches, you know. And the second time he uses gnosko, a a word that's relationship knowledge. You know I love you. You know everything. You know I love you. How long has it been since you blew it? You know what I mean. I mean, not like this little, uh, I'm talking about blew it, blew it. How long has it been? 24 hours? couple days, a week, you know, never. <laughs> no, it hasn't been never. Of course it hasn't been. It hasn't been that long. And you know the longer it has been since you blew it, which means the shorter of the time it's going to be till you do it again, right? That's the way it goes. We all fail. Every single one of us, we fail. Sometimes they're small foibles. I love saying the word foibles. It's fun to say. Uh, sometimes, um, sometimes they're medium-sized. That costs you nothing extra to know that I like the word foible. Um, sometimes they're medium-sized. You know, they're like a, a ruin, a perfectly good afternoon kind of things, you know. But sometimes they're the, I can't believe I'm so stupid, I totally messed that up, what was I thinking or not thinking kind of things. Do you know what I'm talking about, those big ones? How could I have possibly done that? A colossal gaffe. And if you remember the last time you had a colossal gaffe, (laughs) you know that you need someone to put you back together again. That we need someone to put us back together because we all do this. Other times, we get to watch somebody mess up. We either get to watch it in a sort of a personal relational space, um, If you're married or have children or grew up in a family, you kind of know what this is like, right? You watch somebody else mess up, and sometimes it hurts you. Sometimes it disannoys you. Sometimes you just watch the embarrassment of the person who did it. Sometimes we watch it from afar. You know, we read about somebody's colossal gaffe in the newspaper or on television, and we judge I can't believe they did that. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> As if we ourselves haven't been guilty of the very same thing. 
Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. See, I think we live in a world that is adversarial and hostile. It doesn't deal in the currency of forgiveness and restoration. It deals in the currency of punishment. This is what we know how to do. Judgment and punishment. This is, this is, this is our currency of our world. And I think Jesus offers us a different way. He offers us a different way and he shows this when his best friend betrays him. He gives him an opportunity to come back. Do you love me? Quit quitting. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Get back on. Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Then shepherd my people. Why are you fishing? You're not a fisherman anymore. You have a different vocation. See, this is, a, this is restoration. This is bringing back. This is a different way. It's a way of gentleness and kindness. Here's what I know about myself. This is what I know about Joe Boisel. That I am the king of colossal screw-up. <laughs> right? I am the sultan of stupidity. Um, I can do things like nobody else. And I know this about me. And you probably know what about you. The way of Christ is the way of hope. And we all need that. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.